Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Voices from the Edge. I love it when I can surprise my listeners and show up when people don't expect me to. Kind of like at Portland City Council, huh? Uh, I want to give you some updates today because apparently November is going to be Public Engagement Month. Uh, for issues that are happening at Portland City Council. And I want to make sure that if there's an area that you're interested in, that you have all the information you need to prepare for those public meetings. Uh, And I want to start with a meeting that's happening uh, next week, uh, which is uh, on Tuesday, November 5th. Uh, The mayor is hosting a... Uh, Community Safety and Livability Town Hall at the Church of Nazareth uh, on uh, 9715 Southeast Powell. Um, I am uh, hopeful that people will show up and learn about uh, what's going on with this new gang violence reduction team because apparently they will be presenting at this community town hall. I look forward to the information, and I know the public is very interested in what happened when we went from the gang enforcement unit, uh, which primarily arrested African-American or stopped and searched and uh, uh, prosecuted uh, primarily African-American men in our community. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what the gun violence reduction team does uh, because we're told that they have a different focus. Yet what we already know is that the arrests, uh, stops, and searches haven't changed at all, even though the name of the quote-unquote special unit has. Uh, So you want to get information directly uh, from both the mayor who also serves the role as police commissioner. Um, I assume that Chief Outlaw will be there, but I haven't seen anything that makes that uh, that confirms that yet. Um, but it is important that people go in here directly and take notes and ask very good questions. Uh, so that's Tuesday, November 5th, Community Safety and Livability Town Hall, hosted by Mayor Ted Wheeler. On Thursday, November 7th, Next week is a busy week. Uh, We will uh, have the Portland Clean Energy Fund um, committee. Uh, The city council will host a public meeting, and that meeting will be at the PCC in East Portland. And the address of that is 2305 Southeast 82nd Avenue. Um, This meeting will appoint the remaining four oversight board members, and those members uh, will join the five that were appointed by Portland City Council, uh, which means that the nine-member board will be fully uh, um, uh, seated after this meeting on Thursday, November 7th. I suspect that there will be other information at that uh, community meeting in regard to uh, in regard to uh, the process uh, moving forward with the Portland Clean Energy Fund. I am really looking forward to uh, both that evening as well as uh, seeing the incredible work that will come out of that community-driven measure. Uh, What else is going on? Um, I told you there's a lot going on this month. I think it's probably uh, all of us trying to make sure that we are um, uh, getting all the business done that we need to get done before uh, the uh, holiday season is off and running. 
And so uh, it is wonderful to have this opportunity to continue to check in uh, with folks uh, about some of the important stuff that's taking place. Um, another community meeting, uh, a special city council uh, evening meeting, will take place on uh, the civic life code changes, which have uh, had a lot of people, um, uh, uh, I won't say upset, but just kind of um, concerned about the changes and what those changes mean uh, for neighborhood engagement. Um, and so that will be an opportunity to both hear from Commissioner Udaley as well as an opportunity uh, to uh, 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 um, to be involved in whatever the next steps are with that process. Um, I am hopeful that the uh, evening will be really about gathering data uh, that can inform uh, the next efforts that we're involved in. Uh, there is so that was the seventeenth. Um, I told you there's a. It's amazing how much is going on right now. Uh, but I'm also very excited about a lot of these meetings that are taking place. I think my colleagues are starting to uh, really appreciate the opportunity to have evening meetings so that regular working people and people that are going to school or doing other stuff during the day have an opportunity to weigh in on some of these big issues uh, that we are uh, facing here um, in the city of Portland. This morning, by the way, uh, when I leave here, I will be headed to Multnomah County because we are partnering with the city of Portland uh, on a um, study uh, to determine uh, how safe uh, liquefied, uh, 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 um, uh, how safe our community is, uh, knowing that we have many liquefied uh, uh, fossil fuel uh, uh, operations that are taking place in our community, not to mention our concerns around whether or not uh, these oil trains that are coming through, uh, and quite frankly, most recently, uh, un, uh, 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 no human is operating them. They're remotely controlled uh, uh, um, trains coming through our community, uh, carrying who knows what, uh, we need to get more information so that we can uncover every opportunity uh, to make sure that we continue to keep this community safe and that we don't uh, we aren't negatively impacted by the poor uh, uh, oversight of these uh, liquefied oil fractions in our in our community. Uh, so again, uh, that is uh, November seventh. Uh, what, what did I say? Let me go back and get the date again because I don't want to send you to the wrong meeting. That was Thursday, November 14th. Uh, that that meeting will take place. There has not been, oh yes, I'm sorry. So that, uh, the council meeting is this morning starting at 9.30 at Multnomah County. The meeting with uh, the, uh, over, uh, the code changes for the uh, Office of Civic and Community Engagement, that is going to be uh, Thursday evening, uh, November 14th. And that will take place at SCI, uh, Self-Enhancement, Inc., uh, in North Portland. Uh, and I will get you that address before we are done today. Uh, that meeting is from 530 to uh, 8. Uh, and uh, I look forward to that. Uh, the I'm going to check on the time for the PCC uh, 
East Portland uh, Clean Energy Fund appointments. Uh, that is also in the evening, and that one will start at 6. So that meeting will run from 6 to 8 p.m. And I'm sorry, the SEI one on Thursday, November 14th, will go from 5.30 to 7. I said 8, and that is a, a long, long time. I think it's 5.30 to 7. Uh, so uh, what else do you want to know about what's happening at City Hall? There's a lot. Of, you would think that as we get uh, towards the holiday season that uh, uh, activities would be slowing down. Uh, I can assure you that that is absolutely not so. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to actually just uh, put a shout out for is that we have um, about we have uh, eight firefighters who have volunteered their um, uh, expertise to go to California to help fight the wildfire that is uh, uh, currently consuming uh, a significant acreage uh, in that community uh, in California. And I just want to do a public shout out. Uh, to these brave men and women who are volunteering their time, taking personal leave uh, to go and assist another community in need. Uh, that's what that's what we do, and I'm very happy uh, that uh, um, I get the opportunity to work with some incredible men and women uh, in Portland Fire. So thanks for that. Uh, the number to call if you've got something you want me to put on the list or something you would like to discuss as far as city business, give me a call, 503-231-8187. Would love to hear from you. Um, I'm also looking for another meeting that is coming up that is a legislative 101 meeting. Uh, when I uh, spoke with Commissioner uh, Amanda Fritz uh, yesterday, um, and she and Mayor Wheeler and I will be um, uh, convening a meeting uh, to talk about um, how people can effectively lobby at the city, state, and federal level. And we'll be bringing in our federal uh, 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 liaisons uh, that lobby at the federal level, as well as the folks who uh, represent the city of Portland at the legislative, uh, the, the local legisla legislature. And so the question is, um, do you have information that you would like us to um, uh, provide? Um, uh, do you know how to effectively lobby when you're trying to get a uh, either something funded or a law change. Um, I think this will be a very lively conversation, so I look forward uh, to participating. Uh, and that is going to be Monday, uh, November 18th, and I do not have a location as of yet, uh, but I would encourage you to uh, check out my uh, Facebook um, for Commissioner uh, Commissioner Joanne Hardesty Facebook page, which is where I post, uh, my office posts most of our public engagement activities and opportunities. We're also doing some fun stuff, so it's not all uh, doom and gloom policy and budget stuff. Uh, as you know, I have been speaking about the Portland street response uh, for the last few months. Uh, we are getting prepared to present to the Portland City Council the report on our pilot project that will start in uh, sometime next uh, after uh, the first of the year. And uh, that will take place on Monday, November 18th. Uh, that meeting will uh, 
kind of lay out the process for um, uh, that meeting will lay out the process for um, how the legislative process will take place. Uh, give me a call, 503-231-8187. Uh, there is a lot going on. There are a lot of big decisions um, that are coming up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I told you that the legislative forum was going to be on Monday, November 18th. It's actually Tuesday, November 19th. Uh, the Community Legislative Forum at Portland Community College on 82nd Avenue. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, PCC um, actually is going to be at the Cascade Campus at the Moratory Arts and Humanity Building. A lot's going on. What's going on in your world? I am thrilled that we have a lot of these um, efforts that we've been working on for quite some time, really um, um, a uh, uh, coming together in a way that allows us to be able to present this information uh, to the public. Um, I actually am surprised because I thought after Halloween, uh, uh, the workload started uh, decreasing as we started preparing for uh, uh, the holiday season. Uh, and I'm glad to see that the momentum is actually building. I'm sure by the holiday season, we're going to all be a bit exhausted. Uh, so uh, I threw a lot of information at you today. Uh, I will certainly make sure that I give it to, uh, I, I leave that information with KBU so that they can continue uh, to let folks know that these events are coming up. So November is going to be a very busy month, but I am very thrilled uh, that we're going to have the opportunity to continue to do the things that we know people in the community uh, are very interested in. I had my third or fourth uh, community conversation last Saturday, and we did that at SEIU uh, from 10 to noon, and once again had very uh, informative conversations and very um, active participation uh, from folks who uh, really uh, um, care about their community, are doing things that they think will help make it better, are um, actually really creative about how they support folks who are houseless in our community. And so I am excited to know that uh, people are still engaged, people are still committed, and people know that there are no easy solutions to the large numbers of folks who are sleeping on our street. I um, had the opportunity to see a portion of KATU's uh, documentary on houselessness. And so far, what I've seen, I am really, really, really impressed with because uh, they are not allowing folks to continue the narrative of folks being uh, alcohol and drug addicted or people being mentally ill. And that is the only reason that they are actually on the street. Um, I continue to say, and I was thrilled to see that the documentary did likewise, um, that people are living on our streets for one reason, uh, primarily. And that primary reason is they cannot afford to live. Uh, they cannot afford uh, a place to live uh, in the city that they work, worship, go to school, um, and are trying to raise their family. That's the problem. And until we solve that problem, uh, all the schemes in the world uh, being created by folks with lots of resources uh, to try to uh, make us uh, once again use a jail uh, to house people who 
uh, uh, quite frankly, uh, um, uh, uh, need permanent housing that they can afford to live in. That's what the need is. The jail does absolutely nothing except suck up resources that then won't go to permanent housing that people can afford to live in. If you want to join the conversation, give me a call. The number is 503-231-8187. I'm excited about uh, all the events that are uh, happening that are coming up in the next few weeks. And I'm excited because any opportunity to go out and engage directly with the community outside of City Hall makes for a fabulous day for me. Um, Because in my view, um, the easier we make it for people to participate and uh, the easier we make it to have people to participate in their democracy, the more people that will engage in their democracy. And so it's really key that we uh, 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 remove barriers for full participation. Some folks will always have their voice heard because they either have personal deep relationships with people in power, but most folks uh, really don't know how to maneuver government structures in order to get their needs met. And I think it is the role of folks in public office to help remove those barriers. Uh, once again, if you want to give us a call and tell me what's on your mind, I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and let me say that my time here at KBU, I... Um, uh, it's it's a struggle to try to continue to do this show. I now um, am committed to the first and third, but w- of course, uh, with city government, uh, things change, and sometimes um, I'm not able to be here when I really want to be here. But I just think it's so critical that I continue to have this direct line of communication with folks in our community and that you continue to have this uh, direct line uh, to folks who are working uh, inside uh, City Hall and working to, quite frankly, you know, make good things happen. Uh, It is important that we have, uh, that you and I continue to have that relationship. Looks like we have a caller on the phone. Good morning. Uh, uh, Lou. Good morning, Lou. Welcome to KBO. Uh, well, I've been at Kibu as well, so um, welcome back, kind of, sort of, uh, because you're gone for a little while. Um, so in terms of um, uh, upcoming community uh, events, I thought I'd mention one and then ask you some questions on um, something that you already mentioned. Um, there is a candidates forum that's coming up next Wednesday night at 6 p.m. at Portland State. There are 10 different candidates, uh, mostly for city offices, uh, challengers to Mayor Wheeler, uh, people who are running for Amanda's open seat. Um, Carmen Rubio is going to come to this forum. Um, it's at 6 p.m. at, um, and she's running for Amanda's seat uh, from Latino Network. 6 p.m. Chit Chat Cafe, um, 1907 Southwest 6th on Yellow Max uh, at Portland State, and at 6 p.m. next Wednesday. <coughs> so people are welcome to come to that. Um, uh, I think uh, Jamie McCleoid Skinner, who's running for Secretary of State, is also going to come. She's driving in from Madras, um, and then she'll stay over and go back the next day. <clears throat> so that's a chance for people to uh, engage and find out about um, at least the primary elections locally uh, in Oregon. And, and there's about 10 candidates, and they're going to come to that. It's sponsored by Great Panthers. It sounds like you were talking briefly about um, 
housing and the push or competing news conferences uh, between uh, Deborah Kafore, uh, Ted Wheeler, some of the nonprofits like Central City versus Jordan Schnitzer, Homer Williams, kind of the very affluent people who insist so far, again, that um, Wapato or the jail in North Portland is a good place to put lots of resources. Um, I was curious if you had um, some other thoughts about um, how to push for uh, permanent housing and whether it's feasible. I mean, Jordan Schnitzer, I was very surprised to read his, I've never met him. He's a donor to a lot of things, but he's, uh, you might even mention the person that bought um, the jail for five million and says he may demolish it. Well, let me just say that he used a straw buyer to buy it dirt cheap for $5 million. And if he wants to build a wellness village, he should. He should just not expect the public to subsidize uh, his scheme. Right. Um, like and so what, let me just ahead. let me just say no, that uh, the Multnomah County at least 10 times did an analysis about whether or not the jail was uh, suitable uh, and could be uh, made suitable uh, for folks who were houseless. And over and over and over again, the answer was no. Right. Uh, the, you know, the fact that Daryl Turner and Snitzer and Homer Williams, none of them which have any expertise in working with houseless folks uh, are trying to uh, take this video around and sell it to neighborhood associations as a solution, right? I want to be very clear. I will never consider Wapato as a solution to our problem of finding permanent affordable housing that people can afford to live in. Yeah, it seems like um, sort of because they have a platform by doing news conferences or a ton of money or I think it's partially because initially maybe three years ago both Homer Williams and Tim Boyle with Columbia Sports and Tim Boyle did put in three million for the, the navigation center um, because they were getting picketed and protested for being against houseless people and well local. and actually that money was spent by Homer Williams and his partner and that's why now the city and county jointly are funding his navigation center when uh, when they said private uh, interests will be will fix the houseless problem, but yet they came to the city to get permits waived, to get free land, to get operating expenses, and that's the same scheme that Snitzer is trying to sell for Wapato. And right. so I'm done talking about Wapato. I got lots of callers on the line. If I never expect. If, thank you. If I never hear the name Wapato again, it will be way too soon. Uh, but I appreciate the opportunity uh, to clarify for the public: this is not this is not about some charitable giving opportunity. This is really about financing rich people who think they can fix the problem. But once they run into trouble, just like Homer Williams did, what do they do? They come to the city for a bailout, uh, and I I want no part of that. Back to the phone line. Good morning. Welcome to K Boat. Hello, Council Member. This is uh, my name's Adam. I won't keep you on the phone too long. I was the occupied gesture, and I've been supporting you all these years. And Appreciate I've been that. To get through a dead spire wall for two years to no effect, and I'm just I'm just espousing housing first. Lloyd Pendleton. He pretty much ended homelessness in Utah in a day, and he had come to uh, the. Uh, the city club and and spoke in 2015 or 16 and I just think that uh, wraparound services OHP and SNAP 
and uh, housing for all is going to cost less. I agree. I, you know, I don't think you can do anything for anybody if they don't have a safe place to lay their head, right? And because yep. uh, you just can't be ready for all the other stuff, right? Uh, and uh, and um, hope. I mean, I think that we are. Are we building as fast as we possibly could? No. Uh, are we? Uh, are we creating housing uh, that has permanent services attached to it? Some. Are we doing it fast enough? No. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And the primary reason is because of the economy. Uh, there are a lot of uh, builders uh, that are choosing to build uh, more uh, uh, lucrative uh, housing units uh, versus uh, a housing that people can afford to live in. And as you know, at the federal level, uh, they have basically just abandoned communities uh, who are working, uh, uh, who have a, a high number of, of people who need housing. Yes. Well, housing first, all the way. Tell tell your boss or whatever he I, is. Hey, you Ted is not the boss of me, right? Ted might. Ted is not the boss of me, right? All of us are individually elected. The only uh, the only thing that Ted can do or not do to me is take the barrels away that I manage. But uh, I tell him all the time, he's not the boss of me, and I don't want you spreading that rumor that he's the boss of me. He's not. <laughs> I didn't mean he was the boss of you. I just mean whoever's got the power, if there's any political will, it could be a redemption of not only the West Coast cities who are uh, in free fall uh, socially, it could also be... Uh, a new model uh, to address capitalism. You know, that's I, all I got. No, hang on for a sec. You know, okay. I, I actually think that if we, I mean, we have to be creative. I, my frustration is I realize just how slow government moves, right? Um, and uh, when you're an activist outside, you're like, well, I mean, this is just common sense, right? Let's just do it, right? And you get inside and you realize that the bureaucracy is set up so that nothing... Uh, even when you say this is an emergency, it doesn't necessarily mean that the actions happen right now, right this moment, right? Uh, and I, for me, that's probably my biggest frustration because I think, you know, we could put a ho- lot of houseless people to work building housing. I, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's it, so I don't know why we aren't being our creative selves. I don't know why we're not thinking bigger uh, than the way that we've been thinking. Uh, but I keep prodding folks and, um, and, and and trying to create those opportunities for us to think about, let's do it different since the way we've always done it didn't work so well, right? Right. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. And I Very thank you much. for your support. Great day. Have a great day. 503-231-8187 is the number to call. Good morning, Paula. Welcome to KBOO. Hi, Hi, Joanne. I greatly appreciate all you've been doing all these years. Thank you. Um, yeah, your good heart and mind are much appreciated by me. Um, one, just to start, one thing is I won't do Facebook, so I don't have a way. I don't do any social media. You I have email. Have, yeah. Uh, well, you could always call my office and ask for Matt who is my uh, community outreach okay. coordinator. Okay. And Matt will put you on an email list, and he will okay. send you that info out. Great. Thanks for that. So a, a couple of concerns All right. that I have. And one you just 
unanswered sort of um, because it's like uh, I keep wondering why there isn't more energy activity into that there are so many houseless people who I know who are skilled who could be building yes. and creating. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Um, so anyway, I hope you can... I understand how complicated things are. Right, right. I mean, if there was an easy solution, we'd have solved it a long time ago, right? And so I just just think that there are so many creative people, talented people who live in our community that we could be be doing, uh, I think we could be doing more. Right, like I even just the idea of having uh, the portable uh, toilet and shower things that like compost composting toilets and all it's like people could be building those they could be made attractive yes yes you know decorated whatever anyway there's so much that could be done that i don't know how to make it happen but my other concerns that i don't know how to address um have to do um also like with air quality Mm. in because where i live i'm a very privileged person where i live um so the the area of southeast off division which has been totally decimated our quality of life here much everybody thinks it's so wonderful um when i'm um have the time to work in my yard i often am outside and somebody's sitting running their car while they're on their phone and they sit there and the air is horrible and they get upset when I ask them to turn off their vehicle if they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that people don't understand our air quality is very poor. Why is it okay that people sit in their vehicles? And it costs them a lot of money to burn that gas. Plus, you know what? Um, you know, that other- is a great question, but I can clearly say that I don't think that particular problem is one that city council can solve. That's right. something I, that the right. neighbor, no, no, no. right? And I, I don't know where to go with that. Well, I mean, I think so, if you are being impacted by poor air quality for the reasons that you mentioned, I bet other of your neighbors are as well. And so I, it's a great opportunity to talk to your neighbors and build community support uh, for uh, people just being respectful that most people don't want to be ble- uh, breathing exhaust fumes uh, while they're gardening <laughs> uh, at their house, right? Um, and so that sounds like a wonderful community organizing opportunity to engage your neighbors, right? And um, and all standing together and encouraging people uh, to uh, behave better and just turn those cars off. Because the other place where that happens is because of the trains, which so many people think are so great. And I find that the the light rail it causes there's so many people sitting in vehicles with the engines running and I think it just adds to the congestion in the city and I don't understand why people don't want like individual buses and bus lines I don't know where to go with that you know there's this whole well of course that would um, be TriMet because TriMet is responsible for the regional transportation system uh, and as you know, TriMet has made some areas of the city very appealing for public transit, and some areas still have transit deficits, right? So if we're ever going to get people out of their cars and onto public transit, everybody has to have access to quality public transit. 
I'm going to move on, ma'am, okay. but I appreciate okay, your thanks. call. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And uh, hopefully I'll see you at one of these community events that are taking place. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're going to go back to the phone line. Good morning, Mike. Welcome to KBOO. Good morning. I, I just got two uh, short suggestions. Um, we live down a, I we live down on the coast around Pacific City, and uh, our in, in our library we've been um, passing around a video that it was produced by Emilio Estevez. It's called The Public, and it's about um, a homeless occupation of a library right. system. I think in Milwaukee or Minnesota. It's it's really, really good, and it has a lot of really good ideas in there, and it has a lot of really good activism kind of uh, moments in there, too. And uh, there's like a 100 homeless people occupied a, a library for the night and and all of the trouble it caused and stuff. And, 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 and another suggestion i've been i we have a trailer park down a house and um and i've been looking at all of these books and i've been trying to talk her into it but she's 92 and and i don't think she's really up for all of this development but but i've been talking to her about these tiny homes and uh, we've been looking at all of these books and they're such great architectures in very very small spaces and they could take a trailer park, um, and and since they're all fitted for sewage and and water and stuff like that, they could build these little tiny homes within something like that, very affordably. I think, like you like you say, maybe yeah. with volunteer labor, or, you know, homes for humanity or something like that, and and build these little eight hundred square foot houses or or nine hundred square foot houses for for homeless people or or we're looking at it for the lower class because we're we're getting tourism as our major um economy and um and so we got all these rich people that all move in and then they need the poor people to to service service. them right yeah right you know uh it, it is a uh here in portland uh, I still don't understand why we own four golf courses. And I would love to take a couple of those golf courses and create these, as you said, right, these opportunities for people to build uh, tiny homes, to have some innovation, right? And, you know, so if we were going to be building a, uh, a, a campus, I would call it an innovation campus, right? And I would be encouraging folks to uh, learn skills uh, that could be used when that project was over, but more importantly, building some permanently affordable housing uh, that folks can be stabilized in and then people can graduate out of those if uh, if they have the opportunity to do so. I mean, I, I, it's just, it's kind of criminal when you, when you walk down the street, especially as cold as it's getting, and you, and you know that people are suffering on the streets, and, and we know we could do better. But I love to exactly. create. And that's uh, what that book, that movie, The Public, is all about too. Because the, it, it, uh, what sparked it was one of the homeless freezing to death in front of the library. Oh, I mean, it. you know, every year uh, we have people die in this community, too, and every year people wring their hands and they're like, oh, it's just so horrible, right? But uh, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. Appreciate the tip. 
Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Bye. 503-231-8187 is the number to call. I've been giving you an update on some of the public engagement opportunities that are coming down the pike uh, starting next week. And I uh, want to encourage you to, if you haven't done so, uh, to go to my Commissioner Joanne Hardesty uh, uh, Facebook page and uh, uh, click like so that you can get updates on uh, these meetings. Back to the phone line. Good morning, Harry. Welcome to KBOO. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. Um, last week, we were talking about the uh, the contract for uh, Fred Meyer. Did you ever find out what uh, what did they sign? Um, I did not. I did reach out and, uh, and asked to talk to the president, but as of yet, I have not. Okay. And uh, next is... Um, 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 there's a, still in Portland. There's still a lot of abandoned houses. Yes, and the, and the city only seems to do about ten or twenty a year, where they'll um, they will uh, foreclose on them, take the property. Right. I was wondering, can they? Wouldn't it be better if they could speed that process up? Maybe taking all these abandoned homes, give it to Habitat for, for Humanity, so um, middle class, uh, working class people can own a home. Uh, that's a really good question. So when I first got to the city, I found out that normally it takes seven years to foreclose on a property by the city of Portland. I And I have no idea why it takes that long to foreclose, because clearly if you owe the bank, it doesn't take the bank seven years to foreclose on your property, Absolutely. right? Uh, but having said that, uh, it has been speeded up. And so now... Uh, 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 I think it takes like a little less than two years, especially if it's clear that the property has been abandoned. But I don't believe that there is a systemic uh, plan about what we do with them after we foreclose. Yeah. Okay. Well, the plan would probably be uh, Habitat for Humanity, and that or would be- some other community-based organization yeah. that works yeah. directly with low-income people, right? I mean, I wouldn't just uh, I, I wouldn't just hand them all over to one organization. I would want folks to prove that they're actually going to engage the folks, right, who are going to be living in those properties in a way that uh, helps them build skills and then build equity in their property from the beginning. Okay. Uh, well, one last thing. Did you know that? Uh, uh, the bond measure for uh, Wapato has been paid for, so we're still paying for Wapato? You know, I, Wapato was a excellent vision at the time that it was presented to voters. What yeah. happened with Wapato was that the economy took a downturn and the county was never able to fund uh, Wapato as it was intended, right? Uh, and um, were mistakes made? Probably. Uh, but the bottom line was the idea was the right vision, right? The vision was people who are coming back from being incarcerated at this, at, in state uh, institutions uh, in their last year would come back uh, to the county that they came from. And then they would be able to get job training. They would be able to get resources that would help them reintegrate back into the community. 
who wouldn't think that's a good idea? Who wouldn't think that makes sense rather than just warehousing people up until the day they get out and then just releasing them with a bus ticket and say, yeah. go back home, right? Well, but, yeah, but uh, Wapato is a facility. It could be used for other functions, a warehouse, so the, anything. The, you know, know Snitzer owns it, and Snitzer can do whatever he wants to do with it. He bought yeah. it undercover. He had a store buyer buy it for him. It belongs to Snitzer. It doesn't belong to the county. It doesn't belong to the city. Snitzer can do whatever he wants to do with it, but he will not get public dollars taken away from uh, directly serving houseless people for his pet project. I won't support that, and I don't he's know anybody. He's going to knock it down in two months. He can do whatever. He's been threatening to knock it down ever since the day after I was elected. And so, well, and so okay. you know, I, I don't, his threats don't, he can do whatever he wants to. He owns it. Yeah, but Kafori is to blame for this, and history Kifori won't. is not uh, the blame. Kafori no. will not look kindly on her. You know, you are wrong. Kafori had absolutely nothing to do with the development <laughs> of Wapato. I don't know she where you. It. I don't. She sold it. She sold it because it was they not paid for. Uh, th- she sold it because we could not continue to pay a half million dollars for security on a facility we weren't using. Well, exactly. Facility could be used for something else, and uh, and, and yeah, just selling it. And, and now that a private stuff. owner has it, he can do whatever the heck he wants to do with it. Thank you so much for your call. You have a fabulous day. Bye bye. If you want to join the conversation, give me a call five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Good morning, Edie. Welcome to Kabo. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm uh, wanting to also invite folks. Go to um, Multnomah County Board of Commissioners. Are you going to give a presentation t- today at 9.30? Yes, I am. Uh, please show up in red um, and let them know that you're supporting Joanne Rusey, the city. The majority of <clears throat> the people in the metro area who want to have um, no new fossil fuel Infrastructure. I wish um, I I wish want- I'd have remembered to wear red, but unfortunately, I uh, live in East Portland, so if I went back home, I would miss it all. I have a red scarf, you love. Uh, um, so please show up in red and uh, show solidarity that we want to stop the fossil fuel infrastructure. We want to have Venus and those who are carrying um, highly flammable and explosive uh, crude oil and Alberta tar sands. Um, which there is no known invented way to suppress or put out the fire to um, pay to the to the county and the city ahead of time all of the costs is um, worst case scenario and then 30 years after it is no longer um, um, being used that whatever is not used for deaths disability fire pollution cleanup will be refunded to them we, you know, the, this whole thing at the county is really about us collecting information so that we are better informed about how we can put safety measures in place uh, between the city and the county and, quite frankly, the state as well. But thank you so much. I will see you in a little while. Thanks, Russ. Thank Bye. you. Have a great day. Uh, back to the phone line. Good morning, Deanna. Welcome to KBOO. <laughs> Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Thank you for this conversation. I admit I only tuned in at 8.30, so I may have missed something important, but one of the things that you mentioned that I was wondering more about is 
when you explain that um, housing is not being built quickly enough, that's obvious, um, and said that it had to do with the economy and that developers preferred to build, you know, more lucrative places. I was wondering, do we not have any rules, uh, laws in place that uh, force, to put it bluntly, developers to make uh, a large percentage of whatever they build truly affordable, deeply affordable? No, we do not. Really? No. Well, so let me let me paint the picture for you. When I Thank got you. to City Hall in January, yeah. uh, one of my things was, well, I want to. Can we? Can we? Uh, can we have these restrictions on what we build where? And come. Yeah. And what I learned was there were already over ten thousand permits had been issued. So even if we stop today, right? Yeah. We already have a seven-year supply of building permits that are already on the street, right? And that's with no no restrictions at all. So there's an incentive program that, uh, w- which is, uh, there's an incentive program mm-hmm. that actually gives a tax break if a percentage of housing is uh, uh, affordable. And I'm, put, and I'm using my fingers because what we say is affordable and my yeah. mind really isn't. And so right. when people say to me, affordable housing, my next question is, uh, uh, affordable for who? Exactly. Right. Because uh, most people don't know that the median income in the Portland metro area today is seventy eight thousand five hundred dollars for a family yeah. of four. Right. Yeah. I personally don't know a lot of people making seventy eight thousand five hundred dollars. No. Right. <laughs> and hope. so if you think about it, when people say, well, we're building at 80 percent of MFI. Right. Which is median yeah. family income. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people say that, you're still talking about somebody having to make over sixty thousand dollars to qualify yeah, for a <laughs> right for a low income uni- unit. Right. And so yeah. what we really need is housing at 30 percent of MFI and lower, right? And that's the housing, quite frankly, <clears throat> that needs the deepest subsidies and need uh, uh, ongoing services attached to them, right? And that's, yes, of course. And that's the hardest, quite frankly, because the bonds will build the housing, but they don't yes. pay for the services, right? They just build the housing. Uh, and so if you've got people who, are, who are, have some uh, limitations as to what they can do, yes. Then uh, this, you know, then we're not building enough housing at that level, and that's mm-hmm. a part of the big challenge. Right. So no, well, we would, we we can't yeah. actually restrict because that would be takings, right? We would be taking people's property if we mandated what they did with property that they already own. Well. <laughs> So what else you got? <laughs> yeah, I have one more thing. All right. Uh, that's a two, well, two questions related to that. First one is, I know that at the moment, at least, the federal government has totally abandoned us. Yes. So is this more um, something that we should be looking to the state, the county, or the city, or all three to get some legislation that guarantees that everyone will have a place to live. Well, you know, I was actually in the legislature when some yeah. when a <laughs> governor Kitzhopper 
ch- championing a ballot measure that was about uh, school funding, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Uh, I wasn't here then. Okay, so uh, long story short, uh, 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 Governor Kitzhopper was a medical room emergency uh, emergency doctor, emergency yeah. room doctor, and uh, this was one of his legislative priorities. Right, we have to yeah. pass this constitutional change that mandates uh, that yeah. education be fully funded. Yeah. <clears throat> Since that was passed, <clears throat> education has never been fully funded in the state of Oregon. God. Never, not once. Right. So. I, I'm not a big fan of passing meaningless. Uh, uh, right, right. Uh, so, okay. the, so I, so, so no, but I, I don't think that that would actually change anything, okay. right? All right. Well, here's something that is. Are you All right. ready? Yep. I bet you know about this. Do you know about Black Power Blueprint? Building economic development means building black power. This is uh, economic development by and for, which you were mentioning earlier, you weren't saying, you know, limited to uh, African Americans, but this is what's going on on the north side of St. Louis, Hmm. and it is community members working together to purchase and rebuild buildings that have been abandoned, you know, and there's plenty of them, Yes, and um, I'll get you some of these flyers so you can look into it and because it's very much what your idea is you're saying let's get people involved in a community way building our own yes yes because that's what it's going to take our blueprint yeah Uh, i'll get you some of these um i'll drop them off at city hall uh or if that's the right place to do it yep that'd be great yes thank you so much um, sure okay i appreciate the conversation have a great day okay Okay, bye-bye bye-bye uh, back to the phone line. Good morning, Hello. Joan. Welcome to KBOO. Oh, thank you. That was easy. Thank you for taking my call. This You're welcome. Great. Um, there was an article in Street Roots, and I don't know if you saw it. It was called <clears throat> Wall Street Speculators and the Loss of Affordable Housing. <clears throat> and it was written by a woman, um, well, it refers to um, an, an, an analyst, an economics analyst, M.K. Hansen, who... Um, uh, anyway, this is some suggestions that she had, and I thought that I would um, run this by you. It says policy recommendations. Mm-hmm. One was expropriate units controlled by large investors for conversion to social housing or placement in a community land trust as in efforts underway in Germany. The other one, I thought that was radical and nice. The other one was pursue anti-speculative regulations such as a community first right of purchase, municipally funded community land trusts, tenants' rights to remain, um, uh, lifting the state's ban on a real estate transfer tax, and enacting both a vacancy and a land value tax. That was another one. Another one was strengthen demolition restrictions, allowing demolitions of sound, affordable housing only if the replacement meets strict criteria that's hmm. tied to a federal standard of affordability, local affordable housing goals, strong anti-displacement regs, and environmental protection. 
Um, this is uh, it's a lot to remember, but it was in Street Roots in the September 13th issue. Ah, wonderful. I thought this was really good. Mm-hmm. And what she says is that the problem, and I've noticed this myself, is that people are coming in from out of state and even out of the country and buying up housing in yes. Oregon in order to speculate on it. Right. And um, I own a tiny little, uh, you know, uh, fund, like a little stock fund with very little money in it, but I noticed when I got my statement that some of the, and this is supposed to be a socially responsible fund, that some of the companies that are actually investors are related to Trump and his minions and are actually people who come in, buy up housing, raise the rents through the roof, throw the tenants out, don't bother to fix up the housing, and get more tenants. Yes, so that and that's... Oregon housing is controlled <coughs> by investment. We've certainly had uh, some of those experiences, which is why uh, uh, Commissioner Chloe Udaly has worked so diligently on um, uh, relocation assistance, on notification of uh, whether or not the lease would be renewed, uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in what you read, and I think that some of that we are doing, but most of that would take place at the state level, right? So if you're talking about actually putting these kind of uh, laws into action, many of those would have to come from the state, uh, and we would be good uh, partners with the state to make that happen. Thank you, right, thank you right. so much yeah, for your call. I think- um, okay, um, I just wanted to put in one more statement there. Um, if you are you still there? I'm still here. Yes, but I'm 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 oh, okay. trying to Was wrap up. Some of the zombie the zombie houses that you were talking about, the so-called zombie houses. Who owns them, and why couldn't they just be expropriated? You may have heard or- that we they are they they ultimately do get uh, uh, foreclosed on. Uh, and the process has been expedited. It used to take seven years. Now it takes two. Uh, it just takes a long time to do good stuff at the city. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Have You're a great welcome. day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, we're gonna go back to the phone line. Can we squeak one more or two in? Good morning, Pear. Welcome to Cabo. Hey, good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Real quick, uh, you know, the California has passed a uh, a law allowing for uh, public banks. And already the cities of San Francisco and Los Angeles are exploring. They're, they're looking into uh, setting up their own banks. And the, the, what this would do is that when we pass a bond measure, <clears throat> the interest on that money we borrow would not go to uh, you know commercial banks. Right. It would go back into the public funds. So I think this is something important to look into. Uh, yep, it's a great idea. Somebody just has to do the work to make it happen. Uh, my plate's full at the moment, so hopefully one of my colleagues will hear this and think it's a great idea as well. Well, give him a little nut. Give him a little nut. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate the call, Pear. Have a great day. Okay, we're going to try to get that last one in. Okay, that was it. Excellent. Well, let me one more time remind you that on Tuesday, November 5th at 6 p.m., Uh, There will be a Community Safety and Livability Town Hall hosted by Mayor Ted Wheeler. It will be at the Church of the Nazareth at 9715 Southeast Powell. On Thursday, November 7th at PCC uh, uh, East Portland will be the Clean Energy Fund 
um, uh, installation of the newest oversight committee members, and it will be fabulous to see you there. And that is uh, November 7th, Thursday, uh, 6 to 8. Uh, and then on November 14th at SEI from 530 to 7, Commissioner Udaly will be hosting a uh, community meeting uh, to talk about the code changes that are taking place in the Office of, uh, Na- uh, office of Civic and Community Life. Uh, and uh, my office, in partnership with Street Roots, are uh, having a logo design contest for the Portland Street Response. Uh, and that contest runs through November 11th. More information on my commissioner Facebook page or on at Street Roots uh, uh, website as well. Uh, and that will end on November the 11th, just in time for the November 21st uh, uh, City Council uh, hearing on uh, the Portland Street response uh, that will take place on November 21st at 2 p.m. Uh, at Portland City Hall. Uh, this has been a lively conversation today. I am so grateful for the listeners of KBU. Uh, when we say this is your community radio station, we are not kidding. I am Joanne Hardesty. Thank you, John, for the fabulous engineering work. See you next time on Voices from the Edge. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight.
This is KBOO Portland. The time is 8.59. Coming up next is Press Watch with Teresa Mitchell. KBOO is excited to announce that we will be a stop on Southeast Portland's First Friday Art Walk on November 1st from 6 to 9 p.m. We will be filling our studios with beautiful artwork from local artists, great music, and drinks and snacks. Also, get a chance to tour our legendary station. The First Friday Art Walk is in Portland's vibrant Eastside Arts District and includes more than 23 galleries. Hop just around the corner to the Art Walk event at the Jupiter Hotel. You can find a map of participating galleries at firstfridaypdx.org. So come out to KBOO in the name of art, music, and drinks. Friday, November 1st from 6 to 9 p.m. See you then. supported free radio station KBOO Portland. I'm Teresa Mitchell. Join me for a brief peek behind the video veil of monopoly media manipulation and an examination of the news you're not supposed to know. And the latest news is the uh, White House is unhappy about it, but the House has voted to formalize impeachment processes against Trump. And uh, the, uh, the vote is being carried live on various news organizations. And uh, the last that I have is that the resol- excuse me the resolution has passed 232 to 196 clearing the way for public hearings uh, and I understand that they are likely